At this hour, a jury in Oakland County is deciding whether Jennifer Crumley is a negligent, self-absorbed mother who ignored her teenage son's pleas for help, or was she a busy mother who was just doing the best that she could to take care of her son and was devastated when he took a gun, which she does admit she and her uh, and her husband bought for him, to school and killed four fellow classmates. 45-year-old Jennifer Crumley pleading not guilty to four counts of involuntary manslaughter in her uh, in connection to her role in that mass shooting. Todd Flood, uh, a partner, managing partner at Flood Law, joining us. Todd, what do you think is going on inside that jury room right now? Well, I think uh, they've probably... Uh, started the deliberations. They've gone through some of the evidence. They'll probably have some questions uh, back and forth. I, I'm sure you'll see one or two uh, that'll come out to the court for an explanation or definition of something that is usually inevitable. Um, and uh, I, I would imagine that they'll wade through certain aspects of the case. Um, I, I think if it were me sitting in the jury, and I think Karen, uh, the prosecutor uh, kind of played this uh, in a common sense way. I think they would start with the epicenter. I think they would start on November 30th. Look at that day of when the parents last had contact uh, with the shooter in that room. How long did it last? What was the drawing? Did the drawing, did they really care? Did they have any concern about it? Um, You know, I think that's then they'll go backwards and they'll start asking how many times were the parents forewarned that there was problems and just juxtapose, you know, or just keep on coming back to that, to that day where they sat in the uh, deliberation or in the, uh, in the uh, principal's office. Do you think that putting uh, Jennifer Crumley on the stand was a good idea? They didn't call anybody else. They just called her and she spoke for herself with a lot of, you know, a lot of people want to hear from the de- defendant, but of course, uh, defense attorneys are not thrilled with that idea. Do you think she, uh, do you think she did herself any favors? No, no. I think her statements were self-serving. I think that, um, yeah, you know, there was obviously some impeachment uh, testimony that showed she uh, she was. You know, at some point in time, uh, I remember Maria uh, being told by the chief judge of the Wayne County uh, Courthouse, uh, my mentor, Tim Kenny, at some point in time, the truth matters, right? So she wasn't very truthful. And I thought she gave a lot of self-serving statements. So I don't think it did her, did her any favors. Um, and then to say, and then to say, and, and the question, if you could turn back the hands of time, She's not changing anything. Just, I think, baffles uh, everyone with common sense. Um, So I think her pathology uh, was, uh, I think what she did up on the stand did not serve her well. Um, And clearly, clearly, there had to be a lot of raised eyebrows when her testimony came out. When she said, I wouldn't change anything, I thought it was interesting because her, her own attorney, right? That was on the question from her own attorney when she was asked, yeah, that. am I right? right? Which right. was kind of yeah. like, I don't know that I would have asked that because that, of course you'd say I wouldn't change anything. Why would you say something different? I don't know. Uh, but uh-huh. I will I will say this to you, Todd. She did say, I wish that he had shot us that day. 
right? Yeah, I, I think that's just such a bizarre answer. As opposed to, I wish I would have never given him the gun, or I wish I would have taken the gun away. I wish the four people that died were still alive and that we would have taken one just one step. Think about it from this standpoint. You're sitting in that room. You're sitting in the principal's office, and your uh, uh, son drew this picture where there's a gun identical to the one you gave him, and there's blood everywhere, and the, the uh, images don't stop, and a person is shot, and a, a counselor says you need to get him professional help. I would have bet dimes the donuts here. You would have called work and said, you know what? I have to call in because I'm going to take my son in right now because – there's a crisis going on. That would be that would be ordinary. That wouldn't be extraordinary. That would be ordinary for someone to do that. So, I to say I wish he would turn the gun on me. I found somewhat really odd when you got all these injured people. All right. So the day of the the uh, shooting when she was when the the question really was raised. You know, you should take your son home. They, the defense made a point over and over that the trained professionals in this case didn't say to the two parents, look, you, you got to take your son home. This is, this is serious. Now, whether you want to make the argument that there was enough evidence there for a reasonable person to make that, you know, come to that conclusion, let's put that aside. They do make a good point that the professionals there, the counselors didn't say to him, look, say to them, you need to take this child home. Well, think about that for a second. The trained professional, what information did he have? What knowledge did he have? Mm. A trained professional is only going to give you based on what he sees, right? And mind you, there was, I, I really would have eviscerated that guy on the stand, but the trained professional didn't give him the gun. The trained professional didn't know he had a handgun that was identical to the photograph, uh, to the one in the picture. So he's coming with a limited deck. Could you imagine, all right, hey, by the way, I locked him out of the house the night before. By the way, he's had some disturbances in the past of mental issues and crises. By the way, we have a gun that's identical to this one here in the photograph. Mm-hmm. Would you like to know that trained professional? Yeah, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. So she didn't tell him. So that, that's, I mean, wouldn't you want to know? Kick everyone out of the room. I want to talk to my son for a second. Uh, where's the gun? Yeah. Where, where, where is it? Is that extraordinary? Is that something like sister, you know, a, a, a sainthood? No, that's just an ordinary move of someone that has a son. We have a responsibility. The law is clear in the state of Michigan. We have a duty. We have a duty of responsibility to basically protect others when we know there could be a potential of harm to others or to himself. And to neglect that, um, I think we've shown here. Uh, I thought the defense's closing was interesting because what Shannon Smith did in her closing, she was a defense attorney, she used this tact. And I can imagine that there were some people on the jury that related to this. She said that can a parent really be responsible for everything their their child does, especially when it's not foreseeable? I think we've all asked ourselves as parents that question. Uh, Am I responsible for everything this human does out of my sight? I mean, that's a pretty big question, Todd. And I think that, I mean, it was a little, uh, Shannon Smith used some 
bizarre examples of that, but she kept saying, oh, well, you know, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. And I wonder if that didn't get through to some of those jury members. That's what, that's what scares me to some extent, because I would have objected as the prosecutor to that very point, because that's called jury nullification. And jury nullification is when you try to take something outside of the facts and outside of the evidence, and you try to influence jurors to look somewhere else. And that's a policy thing. I think, you know, it, 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 it should be, and it, the rule is, is that you, you know, the rule is you focus on the facts and the law that are within this case. And, uh, you know, examples that are analogous to this case uh, can be used, but when you're trying to, you know, um, talk about, and every person, we don't prosecute people for crimes of third persons, but mm-hmm. if you gave your son the car keys and you knew he was drinking and intoxicated as a minor and didn't have a license and he went out and killed somebody, uh, would you be held accountable? Of course you would be because mm-hmm. you're the one that gave him the vehicle to go out and do this, knowing he, you know, something really bad could happen. So at what, and down that continuum, down that, that line, at what point do you stop? We would all agree that we can't, you know, give uh, uh, the instrumentality of death to someone that we know is predisposed to use it. Just keep on going down. And, and say, okay, is it okay to give the gun to a person if you train them and teach them safety? Todd, we're and, out of time. You know, Todd, we're out of time. This is, yeah. uh, we love talking with you. You're full of information. We appreciate your insights today. We'll talk again for sure. I know we'll be conversing again on this yeah. topic. Stay Thanks with so much. Thank you, well. Todd Flood. Stay with us here on Focus. We'll be right back.